No, yeah, I was my car, my vehicle was robbed of my driver's license and my credit cards out of my wallet um, using one of these uh, key fob RFID, like some kind of technology where they can triangulate the key fob signal. So a lot of the people in my area have all been hit by this. It's just been like a thing. Um, most people are like getting like a smash and grab where they're like, you know, getting in your car, ruffling, rustling through things, grabbing things, rifling through things. But other people are having the situation where they're like driving the car, recognizing they don't have a key. They can't get very far. They've kind of tested that theory. Um, so they couldn't drive my car, but they, it's just a violation of like one, all my credit cards and my driver's license, the feeling of insecurity around like someone having my identity and using my name and knowing my address. Right. I'm just like terrified about that a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, it's a little nerve wracking. I called the police. Um, of course, the police came by, they're coming by this afternoon in a little while to take a, uh, another statement. But last night, um, which you ladies will get a just tremendous, I don't know, just touching of this, but the police officer asked me, the person, whoever did this work, whatever, whoever did the scam, th this has been happening all over my county. It's everywhere. Like people are wrapping their key fobs in aluminum foil. I just had it caught up to learning about, right? Like I saw it, but I wasn't sure what I needed to do. There's this, for people who have this issue, there's a Faraday bag you can buy. It's RFID blocking bag or an electromagnetic cage that you can put your key in. Some people are putting them in like their freezer or if you have a, like a deep freezer or a safe. But um, the Faraday bag is like more, you know, is guaranteed. Um, but anyway, so that's one way to mitigate it. But the police officer says to me, um, are you sure it wasn't one of your kids? The nerve. Um, yeah. First of all, sir, I have one child. He's 10 and he doesn't like steal. Well, I don't, he doesn't steal credit cards. Sometimes he um, just doesn't know how to shower. I'm just joking. Yeah, me? <laughs> exactly. Because he's a boy and that, boys are just that, like, I don't want to get what at this noise. <laughs> Right. I'm like, if he was going to buy something now, he really doesn't need credit cards. Like he has, he, you know, we, we are like, he could use his cell phone or his Kindle to like rack up Amazon shit. Like that's what kids do, but in my car, no, you know? And so it was just like, um, the instant, first of all, it was like, he seemed pissed when he came. Um, and oh, it he felt, job. yeah, it felt like he, cause I had to do my job. And also because like, he didn't expect that there would be black people living in the community that I live in. And it felt, it felt very like that to insinuate that like my, my kids are responsible. Like all black children don't still know. He didn't get that part of the black, the black life yet. He didn't get that, that in his curriculum yet. We haven't reached that module. How do you, that, not, that, as a cop, next. How do you not as a cop understand that? Like the community that you're supposed to be monitoring and I say monitoring because like they have some like weird high horse bullshit about it. Like, but yeah. how do you not, how do you, how do you not, how do you, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. I'm kind of just over cops. I mean, I'm glad, for example, that the three cops that were kind of like on the sidelines for the Derek Chauvin thing, they finally got put away. Yeah. Like, yeah. finally. But it took some time because they're like, oh, well, we told him to stop and 
he just wouldn't listen to us. I'm like, so you're not going to be aggressive with your partner, but you're going to be aggressive to the community that you're supposed to be monitoring. Okay. Yes. And that's, yeah, it, it just, okay. it just said to me, like, even in our, in those dark moments when you do have to call a cop, like you still, it's almost still like, you know what, I do better just handling this myself. Or, you know, you're going to have more vigilantes of justice in this area. Um, and it's just, it's areas prone to theft. It's the richest black county in the, in the country. It's prone to theft. Everyone here drives a Range Rover or BMW. As I was saying that, and he's like, did your son stealing it? Like my parents are pulling up and they're, you know, super expensive BMW truck with my son. I'm like, oh, that's my parents and my son. Like, he doesn't need to steal anything. Um, you're not, and you're like, do you know where you're policing? Like, do you know what county we're in? Like, they don't, these kids are not, they don't, they don't need to theft anything. Um, but people, adults steal stuff. Now that is, they prey on this, this particular, oh, different communities, right? Because I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's what adults do. They, they know that, but kids don't really have any point of reference. So anyway, it just, it just struck me as like in those moments in your darkest hour, when you do have to call police and deal with them, it is still, we have such a traumatic relationship with them because of things like this. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, anyway, it just kind of reminded me that even as we are progressing to sort of be forgiving of them and, and this community policing that's supposed to be the, you know, they're, they're supposed to be taught. They just don't have a sense, like you said, be of where they are policing, who the people are they're policing, what the demographics are. Like, sir, no, an adult did this. Like they left my student ID and my immunization card sitting in the seat. Like a kid would have just snatched the whole wallet, any kid. I mean, or a bunch of kids would have done yeah. that. Now that we don't even have to it was definitely yeah, yeah. seriously yeah. i was gonna say i've had my car broken into by children and you know what they took nail polish cds like my cool disney hoodie you know what i mean like they didn't care yeah. about the credit card. they left literally everything else <laughs> i was like yeah i was crushed about those cds but still but that's the stuff that yeah kids would have taken like i had i had cash in my my console, it wasn't like a lot, but it was like seven or eight bucks. Like they would have taken that. They they clearly decided, they left my student ID. You know, it's like, why would you think to, to do that? Or my immunization card, they're like, we don't want that shit. They didn't even leave the, the wallet was a Christian Dior wallet and they left that. And I'm like, that's probably worth Christian more than the Christian Dior? Damn yeah, children don't know what Christian Dior is. <laughs> unless you're like Anna, Anna Delvey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, so by the way, I, I watched, I finished watching that whole, like, fictionalized biography, non, what is it called? Non, non-biography? What's the word? Where it's like about, it's about somebody's life, but there's some little aspects of fiction to it. Kylie, I know you're just like, I like there's like inspired by like, and, yeah it is a lot of inspired by but yeah i finished watching the anna delvey thing and like the way Fictional oh, autobiography. Yeah. the way that they called that grown-ass woman a child a kid like diluting like shonda rhymes like said oh I'm, i am directing this i am kind of helping write this i'm just gonna keep saying that this woman is a child by the way that she keeps swindling people she is still a kid a kid can possibly even a full grown ass woman who's doing all the selective swindling. Like, that's some adult yeah, shit. That is that, like big brain. The big brain swindle. Yeah. Did you, I haven't finished it. Did you like it? Um, it was kind of like, let's add more Netflix sludge to my brain. Um, <laughs> to yeah. be honest. 
That's why I'm watching it. I'm like, I needed something to keep me busy yesterday. So I just started it yesterday. But Yeah, I mean, you start to like, it's kind of weird because like you're watching it and you're like, you feel a little sorry for her at the beginning, but then you're just like, oh, she's just a fucking bitch. Like, she's just yeah. capital B-I-T-C-H. Like, I just, I didn't like, I also, I'm very like, allergic to people who are about money and brand and and luxury like you know there's there's some times where it's like you can treat yourself don't get me wrong you're allowed to treat yourself like oh i got i got a nice like louis vuitton bag or ooh, look at these pumps that i got with the red bottoms like you know it's okay to be like i think to my to my preferences like i i don't mind people who are like oh okay this is just like a nice little subtle way to say that i got a thing but to rub it in your face like you're fat you're ugly like i would never wear that the way that there was like this high like yeah. fashion yeah, like stereotype yeah. with this bitch i was like put her away put her away forever like this is this yeah. is just this is <laughs> just forever just this is sludge this is basically public sludge and i was just like i don't i don't want i i i uh, i just kind of like i just shivered because it's like people are actually like that and i it's not something that yeah. i'm about and people would be like well you're cheap and fat and broke i'm like well i don't give a fuck i don't have to put myself in a weird high standard and then keep challenging myself yeah. to keep up at that standard and then finding myself like falling flat on my face when i'm broke like, at least I know how to adapt to that instead of crying on the phone being like, where's my wire? Where's my dutty? Like, mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to spoil the show because I did watch the whole thing. But, um, it, yeah. yeah, for me, it was the attitude. And then it was so frustrating because she had, like, a solid plan and just... So do kids have solid plans like that? I was like, I mean, we should give kids um, more credit too. I mean, they're not dumb. But, <laughs> give, call, but you're right credit. to minimize to minimize white crime as kid this kid or you know kid crime or whatever that white delineation crime child crime. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're 31. It's not a kid. It's that Kyle Rittenhouse is oh this poor baby. You know, it's like he, he ain't a baby. Mm -mm. He knew what he was. And his and his mom was responsible too, but that's a whole other issue. But yeah, it's like these crimes are minimized as white uh, as child things. It's like, oh, oh that's children are doing. My my whole thing was the <laughs> argument of like, oh, everything should be forgiven because we weren't like expecting her to succeed, and I was just like, what? What? There's still it's still harm. I'm sorry. Like, homie, homegirl put people in like sixty k plus debt, like. She's not likable either. I mean, well, yeah. Where, I'm, where I am in the show, she's not likable. So I was wondering if she got more no, likable. She no, she remains unlikable throughout yeah. the whole series. I'm letting you know right now. Like, they try to give her more backstory and, like, flush her out and be like, oh, this is the reason. And then they try to give us, like, these humanizing moments where she, like, breaks down. But I'm like, um, you literally took a group of people, put everyone in danger, and now you want to cry. I do save your whole tears save yeah. save your face save your whole throw it away. ass like, white adult tears yeah we don't want to hear that the black girl magic trope is in there for real the the magical best friend magical negro who's really like the brains behind the whole operation i was just like yeah i really wish that they had dedicated more of the show to her freaking story because what she was literally doing the most 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, <sighs> but I think I think that the topic here is like child crime is technically like considered not serious, which to Prior's situation, they're like, well, oh, it's just a bunch of kids, so the cops would just be like, eh. But no, it's serious when someone's vandalizing your fucking car. Like, but also, vandalization is serious. Say... Like, a sense of insecurity. You're just like, now I have to peep outside and maybe get some sprinklers for motion sensors. So, <laughs> like, sprinklers will, like, spray. Kids nowadays <laughs> are so technologically savvy that even, like, when they do decide to do something, I feel like their potential to actually, like, <laughs> mess some stuff up is probably higher now in this generation of kids than it was like a few generations ago What's our where we didn't have here? access to all this like RIDI stuff and like yeah little genius hackers who are turning off systems off to entire internet. schools like exactly it's like that makes that makes kids more more prone and right to be able to do things that are adult crime but like there's some things that are just distinguishable like adult things like kids aren't triangulating rfid signals i mean not small children anyway not uh, little kids triangulating rfid signals and you know trying to pre-program key fobs this is not something i foresee like a group of 12 year olds doing unless they've been watching all the 90s hacker films and they're just like (laughs) (laughs) living I, well, well, here we are. Welcome to Lady Blurred Sings the Blues. It looks like we got about six viewers here in today's Twitch channel. Uh, we got the legendary Mark Cooper here in the chat. Thank you so much for coming through. <clears throat> My voice coming a through, 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 through. Um, we have your here sometimes. You have your girl here sometimes. V. Um, over here above me is Kylie Too Smart, and over on my right above me is Prowess the Testament. Ooh, and we got a new follower. Thank you so much for the follow. Um, so, uh, we are. Oh, hey, Melanated Velma showed up. Nerdy Bear Studio showed showed up. This is. This is awesome. Um, so anywho, um, yeah. So you guys just heard a little bit a tidbit of our how's our week. Uh, Prowess is going through it as well as Kylie is like having the time of the massage world. Um, you know, maybe this might be a good time to reflect and maybe talk about don't be shitty, leave people shit alone. Um, but I also like, you know, I just, I, you know, I hope this goes on the up and up and I hope cops aren't like being completely shitty to you for the rest of the day, Prowess. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of push, but I hope that side of your, your dilemma gets resolved. Ugh. Yeah. So. I appreciate Yeah. So what, let's go ahead and go into our first subject of matter of subjects subject matter matter of subjects uh does someone have the agenda and can tell me what what we're what we're about to chitty chat yes about? letitia Don't... jane um kylie kylie brought this into the conversation about the attorney general of new york um and celebrating just her perseverance to dump trump uh kylie i feel like you should lead this conversation because you felt very passionate about tish james and her and her quest yes um so she is trying to get trump and his family to come to trial she is calling them to task about their fraud (laughs) about their lifetime (laughs) scores of fraud um so 
he has been evading and evading and evading and she has been one of those people that has been persistent in just continuing no matter how many employers he throws at this right so every time he's lawyers up she's like well i'm just going to continue like you're not going to be able to use your money and basically pressure me or buy me out which has happened in pretty much all of his cases prior right it's really difficult to go to trial it's costly and um, it's a lot of time and a lot of work and um, Letitia is one of those people that is not backing down um, every time <laughs> she refuses to show up she's just like okay noted it's i'm still going to continue and you're still going to have to answer for this and you're not going to be able to run away she's like pulling out all of the stops she's just like okay so you you use this tactic of you know inflating your your assets to report on one side and then deflating them on the other so that you can get tax write-offs and she's like so what it which one is it make it make sense make it make sense (laughs) make it make sense you know what i mean she's looking at his records like so like even down to the like literal square footage of some of his buildings the codes for like the trump towers how he's been able to get these different loans and like debt forgiveness and then also the fact that he will contract workers and then wait till the work is done and then not pay them. And then when they try to go to court, like I said, he has this massive team of lawyers. So why pay them? Why pay the people who build your stuff when you just have this team that you can call and just be like, hey, you're never gonna be able to really like last as long as I will in the court system. And so you're just gonna have to take this L. And this L is like the entirety of Trump Towers. Like what? This is how the rich stay rich. They're just stealing. They're they're just they're just lying and stealing. Um, and it's not no kitty crime, okay? Look, <laughs> this is some adult crime right here. So, one of the things that I really love about this is because she is a black woman who is unable to be bought. Um, who is upholding morals and standards that we are supposedly like taught and instilled in us as children of being like American, right? Like the land of the free, like we fight for what's right. Um, (laughs) It just, it blows my mind that here you have somebody who was the president, right? Of the United States and who is the epitome of all things opposite of that. And then you have Letitia, who is the epitome of everything this country should be and is doing. And so I just, I don't know, I was so excited when I was reading her articles about her decisions to continue moving forward with her cases. Yeah. And I was just like, I needed that um, uplift and I needed that positivity. And I, I still need some accountability for Trump and all of his actions. Like it's, I don't know, I, I, maybe it's just like the generation that I grew up in, but I was like, the morality, <laughs> it, make it right. <laughs> like, make it um, so sense. make it right, make it make sense. And then also, um, I think it does provide hope for the generations coming up now. There's so much just crapola that these kids are, are growing up in and steeped in negativity. 
and so many young people that I talk to really don't see a hope for change. Yeah, There's a lot of kids that I like from older nieces and nephews to like even just seeing like TikTok videos, they're all just like, we want everyone to die and we want to burn it all to the ground because y'all aren't making sense. So, and we're kind of getting lumped into the y'all aren't making sense. Um, I wish there was more, I mean, and of course this is speaking from bias. I wish there was more empathy towards millennials because we are the product of the situation that's happening right now. Like the way that, you know, the boomer generation is all set up, the way that Gen X is just like not really empathetic or give too much shit about what's going on and their inability to like show growth. And I'm talking from like an overarching sense. I'm not saying this specific Gen Xer or this specific boomer. I'm not saying that, but it's just the structure that was built. And also I have a weird thing about people working past the age of 65. So when you have all these politicians who are over the age of 65s creating policies that are beneficial for their age range versus benefiting the cult the community as a whole it's a little it's a little weird so i wish that those people would step down including trump and would actually give us the liberation to do what's best for our generation since things are evolving and you know if i have to tell somebody past the age of 65 to turn your word document into a pdf maybe you should sit down maybe you should sit down yeah that's a big part of it i i love i wanted to read a quote that she that letitia james said about donald trump and that it it isn't even just specifically could be applied to him but he is now claiming the mantle of victim and disgracefully attacking anyone in his path pushing others down to prop himself up i will not bow i will not break i will not be bullied by donald trump um I mean, she's 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 planning her heels in to let folks know she got rid of Andrew Cuomo's ass, so she ain't scared. Right. <laughs> she's like, oh, come come for me, and I love it. Uh, I got a chance to meet Letitia James for a very small period of time, and she's from Bed Stuy. I feel like she's got that energy. She's about that life, so she's ready. Um, yeah, she said, so, come find me. <laughs> you need somebody with that. You need somebody who's fearless and like not can't be bought, like you said, Kylie. It's like that is a real thing. And unfortunately, with a lot of a lot of politicians who want power and who want influence, you know, it's easy to sort of just cave in. So the fact that she's sticking into her principles and yeah, that makes me so proud of her. And just I hope that. I mean, I hope that this this uh, avoidance from him, because now the children, Ivanka and Eric, are also avoidant and, and all of that stuff. So I hope, yeah, I hope one of these people daddy, has to say something. Because daddy will take care of us. Daddy yeah. will give us money. He will wire us money. Daddy exactly. will wire. I, can you take a wire? Can you take a wire for my declined card? Because it looks like my life is over. Because daddy said so. Sorry. Exactly. Oh, the smoke. Get it, Tish. Let's go. Put bed style. Introduce them to bed style. I need it. <laughs> I need it. At all. Yeah. Just 
get her, <laughs> put her on a mantle of cover her. Uh, please, uh, dear patron Saint Queen Helene, cover her in your moisturization bubble of goodness. <laughs> Cause dotty, dotty. Uh, all the butter. I'm like all the shade butter. All the <laughs> that you know. This might. This takes us to. I mean, I feel like if we if we are ready to transition to Nisi Nash, because we have yes. a topic we want to get to later. But Nisi Nash and her partner were the first same-sex couple on Essence magazine. Which I found to be uh, in 50 years this magazine has existed. I mean, my my grandmother read Essence. My mother read Essence. Um, Susan Taylor has been at literally a part of every uh, meeting I can think of. Like where, where there's black women, there's Susan Taylor. She just manifests. Who was the former editor in chief of Essence magazine? Um, so I just found it odd that it was like the first same-sex couple on the cover. Her and Jessica Betts, and I, you know. I, the fact that like this award-winning um, actress and she's you know TV host and all of those things is just like breaking barriers for something like this. I think is pretty exciting because you know you would think that this is there'd be some major celebrity or something like that that would break this barrier. Not that Nisi Nash isn't. It's just the fact that like you know she's becoming a household name because of the fact that like you know she's breaking these barriers and people are starting to learn who she is and i'm loving that because wait mean, wasn't you, she you know, in like reno 911? reno 911 yeah, yeah. right it kind yeah. of blows my mind i was like was she not already a household name <laughs> but you i'm know, just like I guess not. yeah it's like why not i mean i i get it it's also i mean i've heard her talk about this a lot before but because her being like a plus size black woman on tv and her bringing uh attention to that um, that she always felt that that was like she had this responsibility to uphold certain things about her that you know she couldn't let her guard down because she couldn't disappoint all these women black women particularly that were relying on her to be like you know off camera is what she was on camera like she could joke and be a comedian and all those things but like off camera she had the responsibility of like upholding all black women um, who were like, you finally look like someone I know. You look real. You look like me. You look like, you know, yeah. you... Yeah. Um, Curvy. Exactly. And I'm just like, I'm so glad. And that has led to her really suppressing her her um, sexual identity and, and um, you know, for so long that she struggled with that. And I just was like, I'm so glad that now, like, her love story and relationship are in her marriage are like front page stuff for her. Um, that just, oh, bless you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's like, that's so beautiful to me that you just, yeah, you go from being, having to hide this and suppress it, mostly because you're, you know, trying to conflict it with not show, you don't want to let people down, you know what I mean? And so it was like, she felt like she had to be the person that had this fine husband and had, you know, and it was like, I finally let that down. Like, I don't have to do that anymore. I've reached a place where I am who I am. Yes. And, uh, yeah. And I love her relationship with Karuchia and, like, uh, their sisterly bond and, like, how she, you know, kind of manifested that with her to be like, um, yeah, you know, you don't have to be in a relationship, girl. You can be alone. You can you can date. You can be out here five or six people a date. You don't have to be, you know, serial monogamist 
um, right. every day and getting her to that point where even she was like, yeah, Victor Cruz, I love you, but I got to do me. That's a big thing. So, yeah. No, 100%. And I'm glad that you keep talking about like, you know, being in a relationship isn't like the end all be all for people. Like you be yourself, yeah. do your own shit. Like that's the whole point why people usually fall in love with each other is because of the way that you conduct yourself independently. Like don't take yeah. away that independent flair because now you're yeah. suddenly a monogamous relationship. Keep doing your thing. Always keep doing your thing. I think that's where I get like so confused when people get in relationships is like they just give up a certain side of themselves. I'm like, please don't take away your agency. Don't do that to yourself. You yeah. know, like the, the mingling. You are now a, a single monolithic coupledom. <laughs> yeah, a monolithic coupledom. <laughs> Yuck. Um, yeah, no, I mean. Royal <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> And also, I mean, there's always an understanding of boundaries and compromises, but it shouldn't be like significant compromises where it takes away your identity. I don't think that's it. Unless it's something that's like associated with self-harm or, um, you know, right. all that stuff. Yeah. But other than that, like, yeah, just just stay your, as yourself. Um, and also, I mean, we all know this and we've talked about this before, but the implication of being gay in the black community has its own yes. fucking I, whole thing. It has its whole thing. Like, its with, own thing. yeah, because gay men are like, you know, are outcasted. Gay women are outcasted. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like when like you see a stud in the in the black community, like no one really says anything. They're like, oh, they're just a tomboy. And I'm like, please. I, was gonna say, I feel like there's a lot of typecasting too in the black mm -hmm. community when you come out as um, queer or gay. Yeah. Because we've had the brat as an example forever, right? Yeah. And even like looking at her style through her career and um, how her queerness is enwrapped with her hip hop persona and her rap persona. Yeah. Right? Um, and so, like, we've come to expect that if you're gay in our community, that you are going to be taking on more masculine attributes so we still have this like gender role that's very specific for our expectations yeah. that we have like even um being gay and feminine which is a lot of like oh nisi like you're quite gay and you're quite womanly like so that's lovely to see as well like yeah and you're soft and it doesn't um change how people view you as a woman which i think yeah. happens in our community is like we expect you to if you're going to be gay then conform to like a certain look or like still so true. be like okay well you're still black and this is how we expect your like gayness to be perceived or exactly with understanding that what queerness looks like is not like a box that you check of things it's not you know when like you said it's it's people trying to put these sort of foundations on it or categories on it and box it in. And I love that. And also love the fact, which I didn't know that she met her wife on social media, which is also kind of like not um, something the black community, <laughs> it's like, oh, you met your, excuse me? You know, it's a very, it's so she's kind of come out and shared a lot about that vulnerable experience. And people didn't even know she was with her until she got married. And so it seemed abrupt, but it wasn't abrupt. And I'm like, you know, she kind of have to keep that that close. But I love that, like, last year she was the GLAAD Media 
awards host. And so um, she's changing the face for, you know, for black culture of what queerness looks like of in, in the world and especially to our community. And yeah, I think like celebrate Niecy Nash. Yes. Oh, Raven Simone. Oh yeah. Melanie Velma just said, and I totally agree. Same, same deal. Oh, Raven. Yeah. Oh, Raven. Sorry, I'm thinking about Raven's laughing video. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I love how she just folds a sandwich, starts to eat it. Like, and everyone's like, Ray, what happened? Ray, what's the tea? She's just laughing. Raven does it for me. What anybody says, I feel like melanated Velma. I mean, I didn't. I, I, I just, I feel, I forgive Raven because I'm like, look, it's Raven Simone. Like, you know, I, I grown up with her, and she's been a part of my life since I was a, was a kid. Um, and uh, yeah, so I just whatever. But I love melanated Velma's like, I swore that, swore that uh, they get married. And I feel like a lot of people kind of grew up with that image of Raven Simone. Um, and all the, and all the wait, what image that she was just like this like humble little baby girl that yeah, you know she was the cute thing in the Bill Cosby show, and you know she was the quirky she was the quirky like premonition woman from That's So Raven. Yep. Well, actually, and- I feel like that quirky personality kind of aligns with her current personality now that she's growing older. Like I see it. I see the evolution yeah. like Pokemon. Baby oh, yeah. girl, quirky. I, I try to hold grace for that because like some of her statements were wild. Oh, know? yeah. I did hear about those. She, <laughs> she, she was wild. She was one. And I really have to, yeah. like, I, I have to hold grace that she was um, raised as a child celebrity. I, right. I don't know everything she had to go through in terms of like filtering her blackness with Disney. Uh-huh. Like, there's just a lot. Um, and so I'm like, okay, hold hold grace for this personal. Growth. Yes, that's what that what I grow. do. Yeah. And she's lived very publicly. And I was just like, oh, I could only imagine if I had platforms like that in my my youth oh yeah um, i give a lot of stuff that i would have said yeah i think people yeah. just in general need to give child actors who are now adults some grace like leave them the fuck alone <laughs> just yeah. like seriously yeah. that's a complete that's true that's kind of how i feel about her particularly because i'm like it's also she's a young black child in hollywood and yeah um Growing up without a dent uh, is is an accomplishment in itself. Without you know some massive trauma that you have to deal with, and um, even her respect for Mr. Cosby, and it's sort of like I know what he did. I don't have memories of those things. I I remember the smells. I remember I was too young to rem- to think about what was happening on set or what he was doing in his personal life i you know like, not also she was a that. child on that set what yeah. what would you expect her to know about his sex exactly. life like don't ask her these questions i'm so glad that they stopped doing it i'm so glad that she was able to sort of say that like i my things are more residual sort of sensory things i don't have memories of that yeah um and so yeah <clears throat> sorry my brain immediately went to the olsen twins but also like I don't think ha- anything happened on set that was reported, so I think we're good. <laughs> I 
I mean, yeah. it didn't have to happen on set. We watched the Olsen twins like date their father figures. You know what I mean? Like, it happened on public TV. We didn't need the set for that. And nobody said anything. Uncle Joey, it. Uncle Jesse. Like... They're they're good. They're good. You know, yeah. rest in power to uh, Bob Saget. <laughs> yeah. All right, you guys ready to move along? <laughs> yes. Wild. <laughs> Um, so I saw a, a tweet or not a tweet, a, a TikTok a little er- earlier this week about um, we're now transitioning into nerdy and dirty. And for the first time ever, ta-da, I have the nerdy and dirty subject, not Miss Kai, even though Miss Kai has been running game in the nerdy, dirty segment this whole last time. So, you know, kudos and love to her. Nerd and a perv. Um, Oh, Nerdy Bro Studio, by the way, said I was today years old when I realized Scarlet Witch was an Olsen, which I yeah. I found out when I started to look at her extra hard. I'm like, I feel like she has those cheekbones. And I looked it up and then <laughs> she she's the one with the least drama. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, listen, man, I got my I got my Marvel gig. I don't need to know about their old videos from like the Bahamas and it takes two and that other like twin yeah. movie that they did. <laughs> I'm, this is my this is my Marvel bag. <laughs> and in short, I, I, I was up because I worked at Blockbuster in my high school years. Well, the the last last year of my high school before college, and it was what I knew I was going to college. I was like, without a doubt, I cannot ever work in this store anymore. Y'all know, y'all gotta let me go because I cannot be. <laughs> it got me to college. Like I knew I had to succeed because I was like, I can't come back to the store. Never again. Um, but yeah, everything in this right. We had we had shelves, and they had their own popcorn and their own candy and their own. So it was too much. I just was like movie night or Friday night movie night, and households was just dominated by them for. For it's not just I movie still night, have trouble like, oh my gosh, it's the Olsen's. No, that's their. It's their their point of sale case. I can't get away from it. Help me. So, yeah. Uh, I was just talking about how I remember Blockbuster, and every time I would go to the anime aisle, I would just be incredibly disappointed. (laughs) And then I had to find my... like, wait. (laughs) Shout out to that Princess Mononoke background real quick. I have been peeping it this whole time. Oh, I know. It's such a good Ghibli film. It's such a good Ghibli film. Um, but anytime I go to Hollywood video, it'd be the same thing. Like I would be like, Oh, anime. And again, anime selection was weak, but you got to find your indie video renting stores. And I found my indie video renting store and it was incredible. It was like a library and they had a back section for hentai where I was like, Ooh, more anime as a 13 year old child. And then I realized, Oh wait, that's just naked ladies. That's just naked ladies and dicks. That's just naked men and their dicks with ladies and their punanis like i i was and tentacles tentacles. (laughs) can we get a tentacle emoji in the chat i think that's a yeah there there was um now granted there were because i would advise people not to do their video game like rentals and their anime rentals and so you're not going to get that in this store like this store is is the corporate uh, you know, just there. It's a very much of like a washing of anything that's good. 
<laughs> you gotta go to the. There was a store down the street that was like an independent uh, video uh, store that had mostly porn, but they also had. That's where you got your video, your video games and your anime from because that's they always had it because nobody was really going in there to look for that. So it was like, yeah. Sorry and to tell you. Why we turned out nerdy and dirty because that's yeah. where we got our nerdy here. <laughs> Max Payne, and then you make sure you're getting the right Max Payne now because that Max Payne, you don't want to be careful. That's all I'm going to say. There is one in there that's called Max Payne, but it's not that Max Payne. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's rated MA, but not for, you know, yeah. So today's Nerdy and Dirty. <laughs> I'm trying to find a good picture of Captain Fupa on just regular Google, but something tells me I'm actually going to have to hit up this guy's actual, like... I was just wearing my Captain Fupa sweatshirt yesterday. Look at us. Okay, I'll... I don't know who Captain Fupa is, so you, so you have to uh, educate me. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to pull up a picture of her pretty soon. All right. Please do. Okay, okay so... This is not a this is not a sponsorship to be clear, but uh, we do stand a little bit of Marcus Prime's comics around these parts because we really appreciate his body positivity yeah. about just women and women of different sizes. So where I where today's topic for um, nerdy and dirty is actually centered around body expectations with um, with dating and how different sized bodies have this weird bias about their worthiness of being in a relationship, um, but also versus as a sneaky link. Um, I saw I saw a TikTok that inspired this conversation where it's like, you know, plus size girls or fat girls are not objective to your sneaky linkness or not, they're not supposed to be your sneaky link. Like stop treating them like they're not worthy of being in a real relationship. This is something that the three of us can relate to um, because we've been in situations where um, men will just straight up be like, oh, I love your skin. I love your body. I want to hold those curves. Oh, your body doesn't matter to me. I like to fuck fat girls. And then not even like a day later, you're just like, where are they at? Where'd they go? where why were they blowing up my text messages and now where are they where are they what happened and then dun 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 the drama the drama is that it turns out that they're either married or in another strictly monogamous relationship with somebody who has maybe a little less weight on their body and when i mean a little less weight anybody who's under 180 pounds so oh yeah. so I hate to bring out specifics. I know heights do conduct a different type of body form. We can all get into that another day, but my this is me generalizing it. Stop treating women like this. Like the women all women are worthy. Kylie looks like you're about to lean in. I'm ready for you. Let's go. I want to actually um extend this to men too because I have seen this phenomena happen also with men where women will see a fluffy man and want like the big bear experience and be um, safe and comforted, but not want to date this person in public or post their pictures. Um, so I don't think that this is necessarily like um, a woman exclusive thing. It is just larger bodies 
in general. But I mean, you can't this, help like, but to dichotomy. yeah. But let me be the let me be the uh, the devil's advocate here. Yeah. I see more acceptance of men's bodies that are bigger versus the lack of acceptance of women's bodies that are bigger. True. I don't feel like men, um, larger men, are fetishized the same way. You know what I mean? Like I, we don't really see like BB. Um, you know what I mean? Big, beautiful man yeah. um, stuff as much. Like, I, I, you're right. I haven't heard a woman, like, go up to a man and be like, oh, like, I only have sex with, like, big men. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I just haven't really heard those conversations as much. And I can only speak for, for myself as being... And, I mean, and also, I like, the media that. take on it, too. Like, if I look into, like, situations like, you know, Peter Griffin and Lois right true no one questions that same thing with homer simpson and marge no one questions that even like weird shows with what's that guy's name from paul blart i can't remember but there was like some sort of like reality tv not reality tv there was like a sitcom that he was a bigger guy with a skinny wife um and so uh, kevin james uh queen of queens yes yes so there is a sense of especially with hetero i mean we can go into the queer gay side in a second but like there is a normalization where it's more accepted for a fuller figure man to be with a skinnier woman, but you don't really see like the opposite or I mean, and then maybe the last time I've ever seen like a plus size man with a plus size woman was like maybe Roseanne with John Goodman. Yeah. And so these are, Oh, that's a dangerous trope too. Yeah. Yeah. But right. And so it's just like one of those things like, so now that we're back on, you know, talking about the the undervalue of bigger bodies, and there's like, again, there's like this secrecy of like when someone is attracted to a plus sized woman that they don't want to admit it to their buddies. They don't want to admit it to their friends being like, you can do better. Like, she seems lazy, like all the other like stereotypes that may come along with it. And then yeah. like when you when you're finally introduced to his friends, there's kind of like a oh that's nice dude instead of a hey she's fucking hot bro like and it's just like a lot of where bigger women have had to adapt to those scenarios where they can't be just like you know quiet inclusive and docile they're like there's no space for us to be that way for some reason even though we're allowed to be that um but we have to cover up any situations like that with humor and robust laughter and all the things that go with bigger bodies and so it's just interesting where there's a lot of us adapting to these scenarios and then finally we're accepted because we're suddenly funny we're suddenly extroverted we're suddenly able personality we're suddenly able to have a personality and so but even then by the end of the day like sometimes that person who is like trying to be involved with you gets so like caught up in their head that they're like, mm, I need somebody who's smaller and more palatable to my community. And so that's when women are ditched and as called sneaky or a one-time thing. Exactly. That is all pending. Yeah. That, that your personality I think has to be, there's, there's also the image of two, which I find on, at least in my experience, I don't know if you, you all have seen this, but that there does tend to be queerness attached to, um, to plus size women too. It's sort of like, I want to be your friend because you look fun. You look like, you look like who I want to be around. Or so, you're safe. Yeah. Right? You're right. safe to have around my man or you're like, 
safe to introduce to my friends. You can hang with the guys because we're not going to automatically sexualize you. There's right, exactly. All kinds of weirdness. Yeah, that that most of the friends, right, that you kind of a, attract, yeah, are either around that safetyness clause or uh, the acceptable safety thing, or it's around like, which I found like, um, sometimes queer and gay men will be like, oh, because I you you're you fit into my 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 scope, right? It's sort of like. Is that I don't want to deal with these skinny bitches. They don't, they don't know. Like, I have to compete with them. But but I feel like I don't have to compete with you, and it reduces that competition for them. And I'm just like, wow, that, you know, what a, what a thing to have someone be your friend, right? Just because, like, you feel like you can outglam them or something. Or you or on the reverse side, you feel like you can fix them. Girl, you just, you just need a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You need me to, you know, do your hair, and you and you can get a man. It's like, but but that, but that, but that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> no, sis, I don't need that. You know, so you don't have to fix me. So I think there's a there's a level of that too. And then the idea of wanting to. I, I have a friend. Uh, I, I won't even. I'm gonna put him on blast because he is he's publicly like this, and he is the. Um, his name is Multiple Man. He loves plus size bodies. Like he is into. You know, he just celebrates and exalts any, you know, while people were, were dogging um, uh, Gabri Sidibe online, and he was, like, on that, on his Facebook, like, ready to, ready to, like, argue with people and yelling at people, and it was like, oh, not my baby, y'all not going to be getting, uh, first of all, <laughs> you know, and I just, there is a level of, like, he does that, but also at the same time, right, it is a fetish. Fetishization. And I don't think that he recognizes that. Um, I love you. I love you. I love your, uh, you know, the approach, but it is still very much rooted in that um, because he, he particularly only goes for those body types and makes comments about other women that don't have that, that are not, you know, in his mind like fitting that body type enough where you know he'll remind me like oh prowess maybe in a few pe- like you need to put put some extra because you're not a you you ain't in my scale yet but when you get you know and it's like but you don't know like you're also making me feel bad because i don't fit your your uh repertoire or something right like i'm not your kind of plus size or whatever and that is also a thing and v i've heard you talk about this before right it's like what is the image of plus size or whatever is like a thing like people think you know um that i follow a model she's probably you know a size 12 she's a plus size model because she's the model um uh leslie sedora um who i love her stuff she does a lot of the fashion to figure brand she does a lot of like pretty little thing she does house of cb she's like usually the only um she's from france and so um and uh you know she she her coming here talking about the beauty the beauty standards where it's like over there you're celebrated and everything you do is celebrated and here she's had to fight a lot of the traumas and it's like you would think that'd be reversed like that france but no france appreciates her body her curvier body Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and celebrate her as a model and she doesn't have when she says she's a model no one looks at her weird in france but in here here in new york people are like you're a model oh oh you know what i mean and and um, and and com- and comment on you know her body type, and I just think like wow, that's that's amazing. And she's a size twelve, but the people don't see that, or even you know 
um, Ashley, like, you know, she's gone through a lot of things. And now that she was pregnant and, like, showcasing, I think she said, which is interesting, she's the first plus-size body that has been done a naked pregnant uh, body shoot on a on the cover of a magazine. She was the first. Um, and I'm just like, wow. You know, this we're in this world, the world we live in, and, you know, Ashley Graham is the first plus size, which is, you know, Ashley Graham is probably a size 12 too. And, um, and, and, and that's the, and then that's where it is too. It's like the lack of representation beyond a size 12. Like yes. someone told, had the nerve to tell me just to make me feel better about my body. They said, Oh, don't worry. Beyonce is a size 16. And I'm like, not in waist size. She ain't. Like I maybe yeah. ass size. I don't know. I don't know Beyonce's measurements, but it was just kind of rude for them to compare me to a celebrity who is obviously a smaller size than me, obviously has the resources to stay fit and all that jazz and has been historically small. And then for them to be like, oh, don't worry, you're just like Beyonce. And I'm just like, that's not that ain't it, fam. That ain't it. Um, yeah. Because I know what I look like, like. I know, like, we, ha like, I know what my body size is. I know where I fluctuate. I know who I am. Like, it's, it's one of those things. But the way that is just, like, we have to be diluted in comparison to celebrities to be accepted is also a weird thing. Like, why can't we just be default accepted? Default accepted. And, and, and I saw um, Melanated Velma's comment, you know, and maybe, ladies, you can talk to this because I feel like it is a lot of people who don't know size 12 is a plus size. Um, and, th and this, in the way that they, the clothing industry and, and the modeling industry, size 10 and up is plus size. So if you're size 10 and up, you're, um, but that, but that doesn't mean that you're the typical body. And that's why they tried to put out that category of saying like size 14 is the typical woman's body in the, in the country. It's a size you go to grab off the shelf and it's none left. It's, that's what it is. And then, you know, you, you have is that what you, where you're sorry, Paris, I didn't mean to step on you, but like size 12s, like those are like the ones that are lacking in stories. I've always felt that it was size 16s and 18s. Oh no, they, they were saying at some point, uh, I don't remember who it was. It was one of the Walmart, like without giving them credit. I don't want to name the, the marks, one of the marks or, or tar J's or something. <laughs> is their average uh, universal shopping size. So let's try to make this thing around like the the woman of today is not the woman of yesterday. Um, yeah, where, you know, a size 14, and that was what the, the that was probably about, I don't know, at least, maybe close to 20 years ago now, because I my mom was working part-time in a clothing store at that time, and I was a kid. So that had to be 20, you know, years ago. But I remember that experience. I remember thinking to myself, like, wow, that is what the average woman's size is. But then, you know, why you can't find it on a shelf? And then, like, now, what is the average woman? Like, even having that, the fact that they have even created a term called the average woman, because there is no such thing. You know what I mean? Like, women's sizes fluctuate. And we all know that you go in a store, and a, and a you know, extra large and a 1X may be completely different. Um, the, 
you know, there's stores that have vanity sizing so that that, you know, a lot of a lot of the times when I was younger, I would shop in stores that had vanity sizing because I wanted that, you know, the old Navy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have that extra ability to say like, oh, I'm not this size. You know what I mean? Like I could wear the size medium or whatever. But that's what that is. Um, Yeah, that was the culture of what it was. And then growing up. Yeah. I had the pleasure of explaining to a guy friend that women's pant sizes are not actual measurements, right? Because he was like, well, why can't you just like find, (laughs) he's like, just find your size, find your width, find your waist, find your length. And I was like, women's jeans don't work like that. And I, he like, didn't believe me. And he was like, no, it has to. And I was like, no, really? Like, so we went and looked at like six different pairs of jeans, looked at the label and it was like, he was like, oh, there, there's no measurements on here. And I was like, no. I was like, it's subjective too, to the brands. So um, there, it, it's it's a clusterfuck. Like, it's terrible. It's it's terrible. Um, yeah. But the fact that like, so many people are just oblivious to this. Um, I was like, man, you're, you're blessed with your measurements. Please never your take me- your measurements you know, or your pockets for granted. Exactly. <laughs> I, I remember being in Nordstrom one time. I was in the dress section. I was buying a dress. I had a gala or something I had to go to, right? And I was uh, looking for items. I pulled a few things and then I had I had this one dress and I think the um, largest size was a large, but it also had stretch in it, right? So I had tried it on and this was, I mean, this is not, this is not a, a pandemic body, but in, in, that, in that time, Stop. because I remember the lady was trying to help me and she's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And so she was like, are you sure that large is going to work? You know, are you sure? girl and then um do you are you sure that these hands will not be caught are you sure (laughs) and then i get in the dressing room and i tried the dress on and i purposely came out because you could see that it fit right but i was like yeah i know my fabric so i know this fabric is first of all a stretchy fabric and i know what i i know what my measurements are and i've already looked at this online i saw the measurements i came in here to get this dress and so when i tried it on and she said oh my god like i don't know how on earth you have a waist that small and and I never that stayed in my mind for so long because right like for it traumatized me to not want to go to a store to try on clothes. Now, granted, in the <laughs> world, I don't, you know, I don't haven't had to do that in two years, and it feels good. It's like shit. I'll buy my stuff online. I try it on at home. I don't like it. I send it back. But the fact that she was like, "Oh my God, your waist is like," like she had never ever seen, you know. And I was like, "Girl, all black women built this way." I don't know where you're from, you know, but like. You need to get hit. Where you you have black women shopping in the store, and, and her little Nordstrom mind was blown. <laughs> I was like, "I'm sorry, this is how we're all built." Like her Nordstrom um, smile went it, it upside down. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't a true statement. I, I just wanted to throw her off, right? It was. <laughs> it's like, but the point is, don't stereotype people because you don't know. Like everybody's body is individual to them. Some people may have that. Some people may, like, right, like you said, it's you got your inverted triangle, you got your pear shapes, you got your, you know, apple shapes. Like, girl, you don't know about shapes and you working in the store? You know, like... Yeah, not everybody's see. bodies are are the way that media depicts them. Like, I've seen women's bodies exactly. where, like, their bellies are much bigger than than the their entire body. I've seen it where the women's boobs are huge. I've seen where arms are, like, disproportionate. Like, it's just, like... Exactly everyone has their own different adventure with their own body it's just a matter of like how do we accommodate 
you know, these unique, these unique assets, <laughs> essentially. Um, off. I was like, girl, you how do you but how do you work in a store? To your point, kind of like you're in here and you don't know how women's clothes are, you know, manufactured. You don't know like about women's body shapes. Like this is what I wanted to be like. It's like um, this is a human body shape. You see, women, <laughs> women and men have hourglass shape. Okay, there there are men with this shape too. And for and furthermore, you know what I mean. Like you need to be well versed. Like. I'm sorry you didn't know, but Nordstrom need to get it together. I'm, I'm very disappointed with them. The whole world is just going to wear leggings. The whole world is just going to wear leggings because at least that will adapt to our bodies. Doesn't matter what shape it is. Yes, the shaping fabric. Like, yes, yeah, that's why people love. We all deserve to be latex beings. Like you know those green men in those green suits, like that show up to like hockey show up to hockey places we all just need to be have that as our default if fit no one's allowed to have any alterations we are an equitable place with equality everyone gets latex <laughs> unless you're allergic unless you're allergic yes speaking of which i have faux leather right um, which which is very which is very comfortable. It's warm, and then at the same time you get you know you get stretch. You can like you know you don't have to put your your body into something that doesn't fit. And I'm just over that. Like in the pandemic, I learned you know live in leggings, wear things that fit your body, and not having to squeeze into like something. You know, mm -mm, not gonna do it. I wear jeans only when I go out. Um, I <laughs> but I but I. I'm over here like we we all just need to be like spandex latex babes. That's all. Yeah. Like yeah. And then having beauty should be like, like focused on what you wear too. It's just like if you have on a turtleneck, you know what I mean? Like okay, you have on a turtleneck and jeans. Why is that not attractive? If a t-shirt and sweatpants. Why is that not? You know, just is is beauty have to be like you have a bodycon dress on, and that is you know. Um, and, and, uh, I mean, and I do feel some type of way in a bodycon dress. Not going to lie. Oh, I do. I, I, yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> I feel, I feel that way too. But my, my, uh, I had a, a partner who would only want to see you in that. Like he only wanted to see you in a dress and heels. He never wanted to see, like, it was like dressing down for him was like, um, you know, but I can't put now granted I'm a performer. Now I'm a Sir, do you have an, a subscription service to my clothes? Are you going to yeah, keep paying for my me. clothes? Pay me. If you want me to look, if you, uh, folks, if you want your partner to look away, buy it. And even then, they may refuse you. But at least offer. And don't assume that all plus size women are for your pleasure to dress. Like, um, this is not a Kanye West thing. Like, you can't come in and, I don't know if you if you all have experienced that either, but it's like where people assume that they should dress you or like, well, you will look so cute in this or you would look so cute in that. Or if you just put this, Kylie, you, you've given that look like. <laughs> I um, recently had an experience with uh, a dear friend um, who was very well-meaning, <laughs> um, but was just like, oh, let me take you to get these hair products so you can wear your hair this way and like let me buy you these type of clothes so you can look this way and I always thought that you were beautiful like 
let's start working out. You know what I mean? Other things where I just like, I always worked out. Like I've, these are things that I've been doing and I was like, well, also like I wear my hair a ton of different ways, a ton of different styles. Um, and so it was kind of like jarring to hear that from them because I was expecting them, I don't know, to A, like know me a little better than that, but also it just reminded me how prevalent like certain stereotypes are in our community because this person is black and um was just like kind of giving me this like oh you didn't grow up with enough blackness or like to adhere to these certain standards Um, and they were very like christian standards as well of like this is what it what you're supposed to look like in the baptist community right and i was just like well a I'm not religious like that. I'm spiritual. Um, but yeah. B, the superficiality of that and telling someone that they are beautiful, but that they um, are not You're like, beautiful living for me. Their beauty, you know, is weird. It's like, oh, it, it's like telling I'll someone you have the potential to, to be truly beautiful through my wallet case, um, which was just like an odd experience. And you need to listen to me. You are no longer beautiful to me. You're beautiful per me. You're beautiful only because of me, Kylie. Only because of me. So There was that. There was that idea of like, oh, like, I created this image you know what i mean yeah and, and yeah it wasn't it didn't leave me feeling the greatest i was just like oh so me and my like true authentic self is not presentable enough for you oh yeah yeah no it's it's rude it's so rude like i i mean i've had kind of interesting experiences where like people will dress me to make sure i'm not like a a not homosexual <laughs> Or no, I said that wrong. To make sure that I am a homosexual, um, because of the fear of like, oh no, she might feel some type of way about other sexes. Make gotta make sure that she only likes dick. <laughs> but, um, but it was just like I know like people would just like say comments, be like, you should wear more colors, you should wear more pink, you should do this with your hair, you should be more molded to my expectation. And I'm just like, can I just wear my fucking Lincoln Park sweater, please? Like, I just want to wear my Lincoln Park sweater. That I want to wear. Shirt. I just want to wear some pants, maybe some running shoes because I'm outside getting dirty. Because I'm 13. <laughs> I'm just 13 years old, and this is when people would like, would like ask questions and make recommendations. I'm like, I need the money, and I need to. Uh, I need the money if you're going to be making these recommendations especially if you're soliciting it. And maybe if I'm feeling some type of way, I'll take your money and then be like, nah, fuck you. <laughs> Give me the money anyway. But then, um, this is a stick up. But, um, that's a no for me, dog. Like I'm not, yeah, but that wear color shit really disturbs me because that is a thing my ex used to say specifically. It bothers me to this day that he, like to, to this day. Till this day. <laughs> Wear, you should wear. You look so good in color. You wear. 
wearing more color. Well, maybe I don't. Maybe I am. Um, I'm just black all the time. Maybe I'm gray. Maybe I'm shades of gray, and I'm taupe. You know what I mean? Like, let me live my life and not be. You know, and that I love when Kim K. The one thing that I'm glad that you know, I know the world. Oh Lord, you said I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad, glad that she back. brought, you know, neutral color wardrobes into the the like world's lexicon because they fashion lexicon or whatever because they did not know that like some people like I like monochrome dressing because it's easy. It has nothing to do with like you know when you're. Um, especially now that I've become a mom and like, you know what I mean? Like adding all, all this color into my wardrobe is inconvenient. Now that we're home, you know, sure, I can wear something with color. But when I need to be on the go, I need my blacks to match. I need my grays and my navies and my, you know, creams and whatever and my whites to go. Just, I can pull something and know it's going to work. So I don't have the energy and the time that everybody does to get ready. I have to get a, you know, a kid ready and that takes an hour. Plus, you know, Lord, if I had a girl and had to do hair, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, there, there is a, a lot to do. So, except that monochrome dressing is okay. I'm glad that that, I'm glad that she brought that to the world. Because that seemed to be like a thing that was Kim K exclusive. Women were dressing like this all the time. But it was like the, the you know, the soccer mom thing. Like, oh, soccer moms have that, you know, monochrome uniform. Because, yeah, they don't have the time to get ready. And Kim K brought it into, like, no, this is high fashion. This <laughs> is chic and pulled together and expensive. Um, so I'm glad she did that. Yeah, I do like that nudes have been kind of making a comeback. Uh, and even if it's not, like, nude that matches your skin tone, per se, but, like, just kind of, like, the nice, like, light browns, the nice, like, pastel pinks, the nice, like you know even like brown like nice like like earthy brown like those have been kind of coming yep. back so i do appreciate those because then because i remember wearing those colors i'm like mm, i feel a little weird I feel a little weird wearing this i feel like yeah. these are like the 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 uh the rejected undies in the drawer that you get in the, like a five pack <laughs> like i i don't want my whole body feeling like this <laughs> um i feel like we definitely tangented from like from like a relationship standpoint to like fashion so i'm kind of glad we went in this direction because like yeah this this is this is like a thing um do we have any last final words on this segment before we move along um just be confident in your body i know it's easy here said than done um yourself like the more comfortable you will be just walking in the world um, because people are going to hate no matter what like and that's that ranges from all sizes no matter what size you are like you're going to get some flack and so just be you stop don't try to be anyone else you can't there's only one you so just be you embrace yourself Love mind yourself. your business yourself. <laughs> mind your business yeah there you go. I have nothing to add to that but double everything that Kylie just said. 100. 100%. All right. So I think we're doing pretty good pacing here, folks, of all different strokes. Um, we do have a couple of things about Just Nerdy. I do want to quickly hate on the new Street Fighter logo. I think mm -hmm. so. 
someone said it best the clip art, the clip art. yeah the lazy clip art that i was just like dude street fighter looks so lit and now just like got gentrified it's a gentrified logo like i feel like i'm about to walk down some soho like place in downtown whatever and oh i'm gonna God, see that logo i'm gonna look at gamestop being like what happened where did your colors go you need to make you need to wear more colors to be more engaging gamestop street fighter <laughs> not street fighter do you play s5 oh i don't know what that is yeah i i think i just want to hate on it because it's so it's just weird it's just like how do you have like a logo and like your branding is like suddenly like turns a different corner it's it's just i don't yeah. know it becomes unrecognizable and i mean i wasn't really like into street fighter in the first place so now i'm over here not minding my business <laughs> but, <laughs> but i I did appreciate the franchise and I'm also, I do love fighting games. Like I like Tekken, even though anytime I say Tekken, someone's like Tekken's trash. I'm like, well, you can go take yourself out. That's fine. Uh, And, and I also really loved dead and alive. Dead and alive are really great. But if you see their logos, you recognize, you'd be like, Oh, hell yeah. It looks like some kind of UFC logo. It does. That is the best way to explain it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, sure. people are going to start cosplaying in UFC. It's going to be great. Capcom just be doing anything. That's, that's what it says to me. They just be doing anything. And y'all know what I'm talking about because it's just like, you know, listen, I feel like as somebody who has been a Street Fighter fan for a long time, I did not know, and, and then y'all can bring this up, but people were saying when Nicki Minaj made the Chun-Li song, um, people did not know that she was referring to the character. Now, I don't know. I This is something that was new to me, y'all. I did not know. So I'm like, Street Fighter should be in the public lexicon. It's been very much pop-cultured. I'm not, I'm really aware, I'm not sure. Help me, y'all. Do people not know who the characters are in Street Fighter if you don't, just because you're not a gamer? Like, is it I'm like this has nothing to do with I think you know your big three I think you know your big three which is like (laughs) in the chat who's your big three for Street Fighter but like it's like you know who Chun-Li is you know who Ryo is you know who Ken is like you know those three and then you know Bison like if people are like oh I really want to get into it like you know Bison you know Vega you know Dalsim because Dalsim's with the arms Dalsim But like, but you know, like additional characters that you're like, oh, maybe I don't want to be the mainstream characters, but I maybe want to be these other characters like Blanca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so like people know, I think where, where, Mi- where Nikki got the most heat is like the villain Chun-Li, which Chun-Li is not a, an antagonist in the series. She's kind of one of the heroes, right? Right. But I think, well, okay, yeah, I thought Nikki was take. well, apparently she said her reference had nothing to do with the video game, which is why people took, some purists took offense to that, because it's like, here she goes again, right, she's using, you know, Transformers reference, the song has nothing to do with Transformers, here she goes again using Chun-Li, and it has nothing to do with it, like, girl, you can't say that, it has everything to do with it, because it's called that, but, um, it, but yeah, that was the first time I'd heard that and I remember reading it and people online now granted, these weren't, you know Gen Z folks 
these were, you know, folks in, in the millennial age group that were like, I didn't know that uh, what what she was talking about. I, <laughs> I didn't put it to a video game because I didn't know who Chun-Li was. And yeah, so Street Fighter, I just feel like I didn't know that it was. Are you saying that Street Fighter is dying? It's getting out of the mainstream? Is that what you're saying, Prowess? I, I, I'm, a, I'm worried that like, yeah, that I feel like, oh, and, and uh, I feel like Melanie Velma hit that right uh, with that nerd fishing that Nicki Minaj does a little, uh, she does that well. And a lot of other artists kind of pander uh, that. No, so, Nicki did a terrible job with the nerd fishing, to be honest. Like, cause she's, yeah. she, she's not known for putting in nerdy or nerdcore references in her rhymes. The only person <laughs> no, I think who really got away with nerd fishing was Megan Thee Stallion. Well, yeah. with Meg, at least you know it's real. Like, she's not nerd-fishing. That's consistent. She makes her videos, like, and will do them yeah. anime style. Like, she's got so much where it's like, okay, clearly this is this is just legit. But I think also um, what was happening with Chun-Li was, like, um, people were, like, saying that she was black-fishing, right, for the longest. And so yeah. I think she her response was Chun-Li so that people would get off her case about wait when was racing when did chun li blackfish now i'm like google search <laughs> well no be, i mean it was a, no i hear you kylie i'm sorry i i just didn't hear that take yet i haven't heard that take yet of nikki just like um nikki blackfishing or chun li black. blackfishing no nikki nikki oh oh was, okay okay like oh your whole persona is black right um and it's oh not like claiming your roots and so i think chun li and going in that direction was kind of like a response to that oh yeah oh yeah because nikki defend she she actually does not have an issue with black fishing like she has come out in support of it and saying that that's you know that is a part of like people want to be part of the culture get off their back like let them be a part of this culture so nikki's just weird but yeah Oh, I, like I, I had to, like, really... My brain was on its loading zone for a second. Like, I was like, wait, how is Nikki blackfishing when she's black? <laughs> and then I realized that she's been, like, kind of... What's the word I'm looking for? She hasn't had, like... She hasn't really spoke out about artists who are, like, blackfishing for profit. And yeah. hasn't, like, really called it out, really. Unless, you know, if anybody's listening to this, call, call me out on it. I, I really don't know. I just know that, that she had that interview with that Jesse person. And, like... Yeah. And where she has been, like, tanning, saying that she is Black, when really she's not to... Yeah. Kylie, your face is saying she something different. Please, I, I'm here for your corrections. I am here for your no, no, corrective... No your political correctiveness for this podcast. I <laughs> just lost. I feel like I should get on. We, no, let's not even discuss because it's, it's, that's a show. We have to get on that later, which fragile like these. Anyway, I don't know. Nikki. Like Nikki for me is like, I loved her during her Beyonce era where like her and Beyonce were doing like on the Beyonce, like pink album. Uh, I loved that album. And then like Roman's revenge is like still one of my favorite, like Nikki songs. Uh, but yeah, there's been kind of like a little bit of like, like I really liked Nicki Minaj because also she did revamp, she revamped what, I'm not, I'm not going to say she, she uh, made it monumental or anything like that, but I'm going to say that she did revamp the look and feel for women rappers today. Um, 
because I feel like there was like a sense a little bit of dormantness and then like Nikki came out and then now you just see this like new like style and flourishment like she kind of set the tone for another like generation of women rappers in the mainstream unfortunately yeah um it's a fortunate thing but i yeah for that purpose but yeah um she needs a show she needs a show. <laughs> um no um uh, but anywho yeah like as for like street fighter in general uh yeah, I I don't know. I it, it's giving me gentrification vibes to me. I'm just still I'm yeah. still on that uh, because I I I feel like a part of my childhood has gone away. Like I feel like someone made an executive decision who doesn't know anything about Street Fighter make, made a decision about this thing, and now kids are gonna be making like the six the six lines and those like steezy s's to kind of match up with this logo. So like I I ain't about it. I want it to go back. Um, looks like stock photo to me that's what it looks like it looks like stock you know like you went into canva and you just did not have your designers kept calm and just said just go into canva load it up not giving chris pratt as mario vibes <laughs> someone said the logo is giving chris pratt as mario vibes you, you know, i i um we we'll we'll have to talk about this later when we when we do our uh, Mario show. Uh, maybe we'll do that. Let me see if March tenth is on a Sunday because that would be cool. Be Mario, day, but it's not on a Thursday. <laughs> right? Oh yeah, Mario Day should be coming up soon. Um. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's March tenth. My son has already told me we we are you know we are doing something. It is now a paid and... holiday. <laughs> yeah. Come through. Yeah. Sex. All right, uh, yeah. moving along in Just Nerdy, uh, racial identity of Arthur. I think, Prowess, you're the one who put this on the docket. Oh, I, well, Where's Mark Cooper for this conversation, by the way? Right? <laughs> I think, okay, full circle thing. I feel like Arthur being grown up and then it being revealed that somehow, uh, one, it just was, you know, we talked a little bit about this on Thursday, y'all, so I don't want to go back into that so I'll do a new take instead of like ripping um, Arthur to shreds for doing this graphic novel and that's really all and it just feels very <laughs> it just feels very um, uh, non-climactic that that, that uh, this has been happening um, but at the same time what I will focus on is that the, the coming into his racial identity at this point as an adult and the fact that they used the the way that the hair and the as an artifact was used to represent that, which felt so much farther away from representing that, like you know, it uh, I don't know, it just felt very, it just felt not uh, well put together with representing Arthur as a uh, as a as a black man. It just didn't feel like they did that. It felt very much like they made him into like an emo boy band um <laughs> not emo boy bands not emo yeah, boy yeah, bands like, right now i feel like some of that was literally a rebuttal to the arthur memes because if you were to just go like even if you didn't watch the show <laughs> if you just looked at all of the arthur memes it's clear clear that arthur is black right there's, just culturally speaking. Tell the truth. Tell this out. Speak it. 
Okay, um, all of the memes, all of the memes. Arthur is clearly black. Clearly. Clearly. But that was never a doubt. <laughs> I was wondering why the writers felt the need to, to have him come into this racial identity as being shown as black at that point. Like, did we not know them? You know, look, Francine, we knew, you know, there's certain... <laughs> not Francine. <laughs> that damn haircut, though, is not giving connected to Francine is not given the, getting the hair she deserves. Um, and they've been messing up Francine's hair since the beginning. And I'm very upset about this because y'all had a chance to get this right. Um, and then I'm just like, you know, there are certain things about like Muffy being, it just, the whole show and the character development of the show in this moment, I thought they had an opportunity to really bring to front, like if you're having someone come into their to, to their identity, um, what does that look like? Um, that that is something I haven't really seen explored, right? Like on in um, an animated series, like what is a person's of color like coming of age experience, but also them them coming into like, okay, I'm black. What does that look like? <laughs> I didn't feel that. I don't feel that it all fell out for Yes. <laughs> I just found like a random BuzzFeed article. Like, <laughs> he was really about to sing. Um, he was about to sing. I did not get. I did not. I did not get it at all. I did not get the connection. I did not like the hair. I was yeah waiting for all American rejects to start playing in the background. It was very. <laughs> I hate this. I hate how you said that. <laughs> Not all American rejects. I think what was the most shocking to me on that last episode was, and I didn't watch it. And I, again, look at me not minding my business. Uh, oh, that's why I'm not going to give anything else away. Cause I'm like, you, you do have to see it. You have to see it for just like purposes of your own reckoning. <laughs> I think like, I think the funniest thing I got from this was like DW becoming a cop. Like yeah. DW. I'm like they were talking like the show would talk about social issues and interpersonal issues and issues, right? Issues on issues on issues. And then Homegirl became a cop. And I'm just like, oh she's about to she's 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 gonna run game and 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 I I do not like this like because she's already she's already huge like spiteful snitch within the show like and I don't know what it is about like little girl tropes and cartoons but they're always like the little snitch always they're always a little snitch who's unhappy and does things in spite of the older sibling every time every time I mean, to be fair like yeah. we know as a little sister my brother got away with so much crap. And I never got the same leeway. And I'd be like, you just let him do that. Why can't? So you, some, some of that snitchery is just frustration out of the gender roles. Speaking to little sisters. Snitch, sis. Somebody <laughs> said that they had Arthur looking like the Tinder swindler. Stop! No! No! Not homeboy saying my enemies. <laughs> Tupac, like, like, you know, my enemies, they needed that kind 
the creators of this show, I know they are mad because they they thought that they were doing something and they were going to like unveil this and the world was going to be like, oh, this is just, we've been waiting for this for 26 years. This is great. And people are like, oh, no, y'all didn't make DW a, a traffic cop at that. Or I don't, I don't think <laughs> Traffic cop. Not a traffic cop. It's like, oh no, see, but y'all are messing up with the with the canon of this. Um, Arthur's Karen haircut is just given very with the the swoop bayangs, you know, the like, bayang, <laughs> not the bayang. <laughs> they were like Dora Winifred would never, never. Okay, she might be a snitch, but she ain't no cop. Don't y'all do that. The cop will be Binky. We all know. Not Binky. <laughs> Not Binky. Not Binky is the cop. And, and I just want to say, on public record, shout out to the baddie, the icon, Francine. They mess with your hair. They don't play with you in these streets. They have. They have tried to diminish, demean, degrade. But girl, you just rose to the top. Shout out to Francine. We love you. I know. Look at her oh, at her politic politician ass haircut being like, I run the world, girls. I run yes. the world. Do not play with Francine. Put some respect on her name. Oh okay? my god. Uh, and she got the cut that like maybe Arthur should have had. Like Francine's hair is 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 coming with it. So I mean, I would have yeah. I honestly I kinda wanted like Arthur to have like that annoying ass like Jack Harlow haircut where all the boys that listen to Jack Harlow have like that annoying like curly mop with like the sides faded. I kind of wanted more of that. I I, I would be hoping they discovered barbershops and they're like fade me up son. <laughs> Not fade me up son. 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 That's what I told them because I'm like you know what they gotta stop you know I used to there's a um we grew up in, in my neighborhood saying when, when there was a statement about when men would have the anime haircut. And Mark Cooper knows that. I... <laughs> Cooper, what if we do, we be talking about when it's like, when you just know, when it's like, you know what, son, you gotta make sure that, that you are tidying this hairline, right? Like as I have to tell my child at 10, like one day you're gonna be an adult. You can't you know, put deodorant and cologne on on top of things. You gotta, you gotta wash that other stuff off. So, <laughs> um, but the anime haircut—that's what it reminded me of. I was just like, you know what? Arthur at least would have had an anime haircut. Don't play with me. You know, he oh had no, hairline and that. My life into pieces. This is my last resort. Yeah, <laughs> no reason. I'll keep you my dirty little secret. Dirty little secret. Wow. Yeah. Girls don't was, like boys. Girls fun. like cars and money. Girls don't like. Oh shit! I forgot the lyrics. <laughs> Arthur's got a nice goatee though now, but the haircut is very, you know, K plus eight. 
and take me to take me to the manager now, please. I, He's <laughs> writing angry letters. Um, I hope you know to, to corporate. He, and, I'm, and why does yeah. Buster and, and Buster look like he's about to be interviewed by Chris Hansen? I need to know what happened. The way of Chris Hansen. I know who y'all. <laughs> I, I'm so mad at that. I'm like, wait, who would be like the bro Hogan figure? Who would be that person? Yeah. Would yeah, exactly. would that be Binky, or that would be like Alex Jones? <laughs> okay, I don't want this podcast to get shut down because we're we're naming names that are none of our business. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> Oh my god. All right, moving our asses along. Um we do have a call to action. Kylie, do you mind leading this part? Is that okay? Yes. Um so uh it would be remiss of us during this time to not actually talk about what's going on in Ukraine. So um my call to action is going to be for people to participate. Um, so whether it be protests locally or if you are not comfortable being outside and being with people, um, to find some way to either donate your time or your money. Um, there's so many nonprofits out there right now. There's Kiev Journalism, there's UNICEF, worldwide there's red cross ukraine i mean red cross here hasn't had the best <laughs> track record um but red cross in ukraine they are actually working and uh, making headway making sure that um, people are getting supplies because we're 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 seeing what's ha happening right social media um allows us to get journalism that isn't being filtered through our news um, and to see what's happening firsthand. Um, and so if you could please reach out any way that you can um, to help because we're, we're, we're global now. We're a global community um, and you can see what's happening and just to stand by and do nothing is irresponsible and it does yes. affect us. Yes. 100. It's, it's really painful to see as somebody who feels that I can't be an active, like, individual who can help stop this, you know, and the way that things have gone down and how greed just really drives, like, pain and suffering like people think that greed is completely selfish but it definitely does impact other people and that's the thing that selfishness does and that's my that's my kind of like bigger picture understanding of the whole thing and my whole thing is like i know it's not like as much as like everyone is saying russia it's mostly led by the russian government and so i know that there's protesters actively trying their best to stop their own government from doing the harm that is doing on the Ukraine who's had like 30 years of independence. And so, um, yeah, I'm glad that you brought this up, Kylie, um, because it's not something that we need to brush on the rug. Um, and it's a global issue because it, if anything, 
this is what happens when people have too much control and think it's okay to just murder people for resources. Um, and it's right. unfair. Um, yeah, I don't know, Paris, did you have anything additional to add to there? Um, no, absolutely, 100% on all of that. I, I have a friend, um, most people in the hip hop community know Dre Yard. He's like the most amazing artist and trying, he's a DJ and producer who brings together MCs from all across the world to do like these big, huge tracks. He lives in Belarus. Um, and uh, he was releasing his new album on the day that that this uh, that the attack happened, and with both of them right being like 200 and 200 kilometers away from him, it was just such a day. So, uh, hearing his perspective and just seeing how that felt for him, not not more so around safety, but just that the world is crumbling. That I knew, and that you know my loved ones are at risk, but also at the same time, like. I try to be a, a bridge for everybody. And, and I'm always practicing that voice for all and having that was a, very much a contrast to what he stands for. So I'm like, shout out to Dreyard and, and all the entire community today. Cause I feel like it's just so much when you're witnessing your neighbors in the middle of this violence and you're, like you said, the words, like I heard my, uh, you know, some comments from like Alexander Ovechkin was very insensitive. But, um, and being that he plays for the Capitals here, I just feel like responsible for like, not everybody feels that way that is Russian heritage, that um, there's a lot of people who are protesting against this. So uh, again, this is the president and the government leading this effort, not the people. Um, yeah. yeah. And I'm glad that we now have that distinction now in current day events. And I think this is also helpful with, um, I think that's helpful with like having technology and the internet um, and just yeah. having an open source of information. And don't get me wrong, it's it's up to us to make sure that we do, do our diligence to make sure what type of information we're intaking. But it's just so lucky that we have things like Twitter and Instagram. And there was like an old um, video streaming service, much like in Snapchat, where, um, where basically like you can see different parts of the world like going through it and like the, it was a global thing where you can peep into a different country to see people stream their everyday lives and just kind of go and just see them like go through it where it's like it's not us collectively as a people it's literally our governments and people who are in power um and you know much like the united states like you know the insurrection that happened that wasn't all of us that were those were people who felt a certain type of way and decided to do the things that they do but that's not representative of what our goals as people are that is their selfish yeah. need of thinking that they can make a bigger thing and then fun fact most of those people got arrested so like yeah. um but yeah it's 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 one of those things that i'm just like i'm glad that we're able to differentiate it a little bit and that we can give grace to those who are not trying to advocate for that like and i know that there's a lot of people from russia or there's a group of people from russia who are like you know they they don't even want to be part of their own country anymore because of this like and so exactly. it's hard it's really really hard and and all that yeah. um melanie velma just said by the way they they're like uh i just want to say that you are amazing gorgeous and have an and a blessing to hear oh and a blessing to hear thank you for your energy and voices so thank you much love That's beautiful yeah and, thank you so much and for those who don't know we did interview melanated velma on our twitter spaces during our thursday series and also mark cooper who's been active in the chat we've also interviewed mark cooper 
uh, this past Thursday as well. And so, you know, if you know some buddies that you want to recommend, send them, send their contact along. We do have a list, but we're working through it. So <laughs> we, we just want to say much love to the people in that support us because we definitely support y'all. So speaking of supporting people, we are here for our big move Monday, uh, taking from the San Jose region, again, <laughs> taking from the San Jose region, we got ourselves a Miss Gabby Horlick, who is the band leader of 7th Street Big Band. I'm also part of 7th Street Big Band, but there's a reason why I'm bringing this up. So we are a very authentic big band from the from the east bay where we're very diverse very inclusive and we're led by a drummer who is a woman and we have very different identities within the band we have those who are non-binary we have those who are bisexual we have those who are heterosexual we have men we have women we got those who are black those who are mexican those who are you know indian in the band um, and it's one of those things that were definitely a novelty because you do not get to see that in big band music. In big band music, you see it's a white boys club led by a led by another white guy who's like you know just doing the thing. They're very like like just very ex exclusive on like who they bring in, and and it's always like it's always like like commonly a boys club and. You know, and I don't want to say it's just white white men. It's also black men as well, because like, you know, I hate to say it, but there are big bands and famous big bands out there that just have black men and there's no women. And and so I just want to applaud Gabby for she didn't like actively go like, I need a black person. I need a queer person. She wasn't thinking that we were all a bunch of friends in college who like happened to like get to know each other. Gabby being the black sheep in the whole situation. She's like, I just want to create a big band. And because she knew a couple people, we all just kind of congregated together to her. And she was able to lead us for almost 10 years. So she has been right. doing the thing and we've been getting better and badder every every season of the year and we did have a little bit of like downplaying because of the pandemic but before the pandemic we were able to sell out shows no problem we had a show over at our boutique we sold out our album show over at tabard we, or sorry i got that mixed up our album show at our boutique we sold out our tabard shows we always sold out our other shows outside of that if if you know by the circumstances, we would have a lot of people from our community show up. And so we always have done the thing where the community really loves this band. They love coming together. And it always feels like such a family, like family affair, essentially, like it's always great. And so I just want to applaud her for just always doing the thing. And like, she has people who believe in her and the band. And so, um, again, our last show that we just had, which is our first big band show since the pandemic, we sold out plus some like again and we always sell out it's not even an issue about selling out anymore where sometimes we do have some doubters in the in the community saying like oh seventh street blah 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 like you know whatever haters but never ever have we had an issue about getting a full house so i just love the fact that again we do our best to make sure that we put on live music good music and that everybody is having a good time and that's just been kind of like our unspoken clause of truth and so 
I'm, I'm really proud of her as someone who has been very resilient through the pandemic because it's been hard, but we're still able to like hit it where we left off. So it's awesome. So some things about Gabby. Gabby is a professional drummer who has been playing in shows around the Bay Area for 15 years. For the past eight years, she has been the band leader of 7th Street Big Band, a 22-piece group made up of some San, Jose, San Jose's finest young musicians playing everything from funk to hip hop to reggae to jazz. She is also the drummer and co-founder of the hip hop group Francis Experience. You can find Seven Street's first album everywhere, everywhere on Bandcamp, or starting from Bandcamp, but also on Spotify and all that jazz. And last but not least, we are cooking up another EP. So with all things being said, thank you, Gabby, so much. You are going to have a shout out on Monday and you also will be on the Twitch page for about a week. So I'm just really happy that you did the thing and I'm part of your journey. Like I am so blessed to be part of Gabby's journey. Um, but yeah, if anybody has any recommendations for to have, um, you know, someone as a big move Monday, let us know. We are much so, we are very open to suggestions and we'll definitely reach out. It's very low maintenance. All we need is a picture, bio, something that's coming up or something that has been released or confirmed to be released. And we'll shout out your homies. Um, so that's what we do here because we appreciate y'all as much as you appreciate us. Um, but yeah, other than that, thank you so much for listening to Lady Blurred Sings the Blues. You will find this recording here on Twitch and you'll also find a recording on YouTube. And also you'll hear the audio recording on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Pods, and any favorite uh, podcast app that you listen on. We really appreciate your time. I'm here sometimes V. We got your girl Prowess, a testament, and Kylie Too Smart. And here we go. Peace. Bye, 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 bye.